Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcast, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. 
I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. I'm very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest, Mandy Harvey, who is an inspirational speaker and trauma healing guide. Mandy, my friend, how are you today? What is happening in your world? I'm doing great. I'm trying to make time to enjoy the summer with my family amidst all the crazy busyness, but uh, really enjoying it. Yeah, good, good. Same. I don't I don't have family, but friends and things of that nature. I found myself today just thinking to myself, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day and I cannot wait to enjoy it. So yeah. before we get to that though, I'm very excited to have you here with us today. For those who do not know you, tell us a little bit about your backstory, your journey, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for inviting me and having me be a part of your um, podcast community. I'm so excited to be here. So I got into being a trauma healer, a trauma healing guide and inspirational speaker because of my own story. Um, I always started off by saying I was born into trauma. And what that means is that I was born to a single mother and uh, we were uh, pretty poor. We didn't have a lot of money, which meant she worked multiple jobs, um, but she was living in her own trauma. She had not healed from her own past, which meant that she invited partners and men into her life who were not the healthiest and who were not um, the greatest in terms of being a supportive partner for her, but also they took out a lot of their their unhealthy habits and patterns uh, to me, meaning I grew up in a home where I was sexually abused for multiple years with many different men. Um, I grew up in a home where I was neglected. I was left alone a lot. I was taught very quickly that I, or I learned very quickly that I had to take care of myself. So at a very young age, my boundaries, my sense of space and who I was, was um, taken advantage of. And early on, I learned I am the parent here because my parent was not there. And anytime I tried to rely on her, she wasn't available to hold that space. So I became very strong, very independent as a child, learning how to take care of myself in days when I was left alone. Um, and this continued for many, many years until I was about 12 when she married her last husband. And he was, <clears throat> I always describe him as the closest thing to the devil that I've ever met in the earthly experience. Um, he was very manipulative. He was a police officer. So he had an outward appearance of being someone who you might find support or help with. Um, but inside my home, he was very manipulative, very abusive, um, and the sexual abuse started to ramp up. The manipulation started to ramp up, and this happened for a couple of years. At one point, I shared with my mom, hey, this is what's happening. We moved away from family. We were isolated in a different town, and um, you know, I would tell her, hey, this is what's going on. I don't think it's, you know, this isn't appropriate. He shouldn't be doing this. Can you please have him stop this? Can you talk to him? And I remember the first time I told her, she um, she was like devastated. I could see her crying and she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yes, I'll talk to him. Well, nothing happens. So about a month later, things had continued and continued and continued. And a month later, I came back to her and I said, hey, um, it's still happening. 
And I remember <clears throat> sitting in the kitchen table and our, she was standing directly across from me in the kitchen with her back towards me, like, you know, taking something out of a cupboard. And I remember when she turned around, it was like her soul had completely left her body. And she was just this like shell of a person because she had no emotion. She turned around and she was like, I think you're just misunderstanding what's happening here. I think, you know, you're misunderstanding. He loves you. He wants to spend time with you. And I can remember her reaction and her level of no emotion. And it just kind of hit me like, oh my gosh, like if we're going to get out of this experience, I have to be the one to try and find a way out because she is no longer here. I knew instantly that she had left. Her soul was gone. Her any semblance of compassion or, you know, love or kindness was no longer there. She was gone. And so in that moment, I had to make a decision like, okay, I am going to befriend him. I'm going to pretend that everything is fine. What is happening is okay. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to push him away. I'm just going to act like this is okay. Maybe if I befriend him, I'll buy myself some time and I can figure a way out of this. And that's what I did. So I was 13 years old in middle school, just befriending this adult man who was abusing me and acting like everything was fine, compartmentalizing this part of my life with the you know, the child at school, you know, who was, had friends and <clears throat> all the things. And I had an uncle, which was my mom's brother. And I kept trying to think, how can I reach out to him? Because we had been isolated. This man had isolated us from our family. So I kept trying to think like, I'm going to reach out to my uncle. He will pick us up in the middle of the night, you know, take us away. Maybe that'll work. <clears throat> so it started to become my plan. Well, one day at school, I was talking to a friend and she said, hey, how was your weekend? And I slipped up and I said something and she was like, hey, that's not normal. Dads don't do that with daughters. And she told a counselor at school, my friend Lori. Um, and she said, you know, I'm really kind of worried for you. So we left that conversation. I didn't think anything of it. But she talked to a counselor. A counselor pulled me in and was like, hey, I need you to tell me what's going on in your home. And that became kind of this like snowball effect of the disillusion of or the destruction of the life that I knew. So I told her what had been happening. I said, can you just give me tonight to talk to my mom? Maybe, you know, I, if I can get her out of the home tonight, he's working. If I can get her out of the home, then you don't need to involve, you know, child protective services, you know. And I asked, please, 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 can I just talk to her tonight? She was like, fine. So, which I don't know why she should have just, you know, reported it that night. But um, I went home. My mom and I went on this walk that we went on every night. And I started to tell her, hey, uh, this is what happened at school. And we're going to need to to leave. And I remember her response was, how could you ruin our family? Why would you do this? You've destroyed everything. And in that moment, I learned to not trust my intuition. I learned to not trust my gut feelings that this was actually wrong and speaking up was the right thing to do. And in that, um, in that experience, you know, after we had that conversation, she called my older um, sibling back into the home and said, hey, I don't know what's going to happen, but I need you to take care of her if anything happens. And I can remember watching them talk going, you know, not really understanding what they were saying, but just thinking like some something was going to happen. So I went to school the next day and for the first time she showed emotion to me right before I left. And she said, I love you. I am really proud of you. And you are going to do great things in this world. 
and I'm sorry that all of this has happened. And I can remember thinking, yeah, yeah, whatever. You don't care. I left the house. Well, when I got home from school that day, they weren't there. And there were five suicide letters. And they both had disappeared. By that time, I had a social worker. So I called my sibling. I called the social worker. And I told them uh, what had gone on. Then, as you can imagine, I was pulled out of the home. And my life just continued to snowball and unravel with every waking hour. Um, it was about uh, two weeks later where um, they were found. They had shot themselves. And, um, you know, someone along the road had found them in their car. And that became the moment in which my life just took a, a really big shift. I can remember the depths of the grief that I was in, the guilt and the shame that I had felt for saying anything, the guilt I had, feeling like I was the one that essentially pulled the trigger that killed them. And, you know, I was put into therapy. I was put into, um, you know, weekly sessions and such. And I can remember a year of that. As I started high school, I started these sessions. I can remember about a year of that. And I was like, I just cannot, I cannot talk about this anymore. I was so distraught, so deep in that well of grief and despair that I could not see out of it. Every day I woke up and I was in pain. Every day I woke up and thought, I just want to see my mom. Even though my experience at home was horrible, that was what I knew. That was what, what I grew up with. And ultimately, as a child, we all want our parents or our parents to be there to take care of us. And at 15, that's all I wanted was just my mom. I just wanted to see her again. I just wanted to apologize. So at a certain point, my thoughts started to shift to, I can't be here anymore on this earth. I've got to find a way out. I've got to just find a way to see my mom again. So one day during school, I decided I'm going to take a bottle of sleeping pills. That will be the easiest. You know, that will be the safest, the way that I feel like I could handle, you know, leaving this earth. So I left school during the middle of the day, a free period, and I walked to the grocery store. And I remember buying this bottle thinking, does this cashier know what's going to happen? Like, does she have any inkling that I'm going to swallow all of these you know I can just remember having this experience of like I wonder if she knows I left the store opened the bottle and every step that I took on my way back to the high school I swallowed a pill and I don't remember getting back to the school but I remember the moment before I woke up and that was I can remember being in this beautiful bright warm space it was like this bright golden light and I'm not kidding it just felt like felt like the warmest hug felt like you like what home what a safe comforting loving home would feel like and it just was like this in this wrapping of love and I can remember thinking oh my god I'm here I'm gonna get to see my mom I was so excited and as I kind of just took in this experience, I can remember a pressure on my chest and being pushed back and he only hearing the words, it's not time. And I woke up and it was the end of the school day. And the bell's ringing, the kids are rushing down the stairs and I'm looking around so confused, like, wait a minute, I was, I was just there where I wanted to be and I'm here where I don't want to be. And I was so angry, but I was also having reactions. Like I was dizzy and I couldn't really see very well. And I was, you know, had, didn't have great balance, but I made, made it to my friend's car. She drove me home. And then, you know, I started to hallucinate and see things and I knew I needed to just call 911. So I called 911. They admitted me to the emergency room. I was in ICU for a few days as they kind of monitored my body, helped to detox 
um, what I had taken. And then I was admitted to a mental hospital for a period of time, about six weeks, where I was diagnosed with PTSD. And I was put on some medication and I was put on a very strict regimen of trying to recover and heal from this really deep level of guilt and fear and shame that I was swimming in. And, you know, I, I made it through as I graduated high school, I kind of graduated from therapy and medication. And I worked really hard over those four years to get to a place where I could have some separation from that experience and have some level of awareness and have healed some level of pain and wounding around me being guilty for what had unfolded. So I, I graduated high school and I thought, okay, I don't feel guilty anymore. I understand that was their decision. And, you know, I was a child. I moved on with my life. And as the years went on, every decade almost, it seemed like something new came up. You know, we don't heal immediately. <laughs> we don't, I didn't heal everything that had happened to me in my childhood in that very, in those four years. I healed enough so that I could start to live my life and enjoy my life. But we heal in layers. And as I got into my 20s, I started to have flashbacks to the abuse. And at that point in my life, I was someone who was a perfectionist. I was so controlling of my experience and wanted to create this outward, an outward vision of everything's perfect. My house is perfect. Got my perfect car. You know, I've got marriage. I've got kids. I've, you know, look the perfect, you got the perfect outfit, you know, all the things. But really that was just a way for me to cope with not feeling perfect on the inside, having some level of disconnection on the inside that was starting to eat at me. And as I started to have flashbacks to the abuse, I started to get really deep back into the despair. So I was back on medication, back in therapy, and that healed to some degree. Uh, then I started to have chronic health issues. I started to have thyroid disease and I had was diagnosed with diabetes. And all of a sudden, it felt like everything was like crumbling on the outside. You know, I was, I was really stressed. I couldn't handle my job. I couldn't handle having two small kids. I couldn't handle my diet because I was, had to change it because of this diabetes. And all of a sudden, my diabetes starts to get out of control. And I'm waking up in the middle of the night with such lows that I can barely get downstairs to eat some food to bring it up. And there was one moment where I started to realize I could actually, this is serious. Like I, what happens if I pass out? I can't get down the stairs to get the food and I'm home alone with my kids. Like, like I don't want to die. I don't want to leave my kids. Like my mom left me. That's not there. That's not the story I want to have for my children. I know I'm meant to do more with my life. And so one night sitting on the kitchen floor trying to reach that food, I decided I can't do this anymore. I've got to find a way to take control of this in, a, in an experience that I've never done before. And as the days went on, I started to find resources and opportunities to change my diet. To I started to eat paleo, started to shift how I took care of myself. And all of a sudden, my diabetes started to get better and I had energy. I had vitality. And it was like, why didn't my doctors tell me about this? Like within 21 days, I was feeling so much better. And so that really became the precipice for me starting to research and go to school to become a nutritional therapy practitioner because I was so passionate about spreading the word that we have more power, we have more control over our experience than we think we actually do. And so I went to that school, got my, you know, got educated, got the information, started a business, started working with people who had chronic health issues. And it was great. I was helping people recover from lupus. I was helping people recover from multiple sclerosis or improve their multiple sclerosis. I was helping people, you know, recover from autoimmune disease. And as I was doing that, the next decade of healing started to show up for me. 
And I've never been someone who holds anger. I've been someone who has always kind of swallowed their feelings, hid from them. And so outwardly, I would present with kindness and compassion and, you know, understanding even if I should have been feeling angry or sad or mad. But in my 30s, in my late 30s, I started to hold an immense amount of anger. It was like fire. I could feel this like tension in my body and it would come out towards my children, especially my youngest daughter. And she would have these outbursts, these tantrums like children do. And I couldn't hold her emotion because I couldn't hold mine. So I would yell at her. I would scream at her. And then all of a sudden I'd see her face and she'd be so afraid and so shocked. And there was a moment when I had another awakening of like, I don't want to be that parent. I don't want to instill fear in my child in that way. I, at or at all, I want her, I want to be able to be a different parent than what I ever experienced. And so that became the, the next layer of healing for me. And I had been in therapy off and on for decades, but I knew that I needed something different at that point because after decades of therapy, why wasn't it just gone? It was still, there was something left. And so I sought out something called somatic experiencing therapy, which was body-based. And it helped me to understand that I was still holding all of that trauma in my tissue, in my body. And I was still holding parts of me, younger parts of me, that were still in my system that needed to be healed. And I spent a couple of years really deep diving into healing those. And that became when I decided to become a somatic experiencing practitioner myself because I saw the power of how quickly we can recover our life and our experiences by healing at the body level. And so I went through education um, and certification to be, um, be trained in that. And so today in my business, I work with people when I'm not speaking, I work with people, help guide them through healing the trauma at the body level, while also integrating functional nutrition practices that can help open up the body for the healing because it's a multi-layer process. Our health often is in, is in influenced by our emotional state. Our emotional state can influence our health. And so I love the integration of those two when I work with people. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Just want to take a moment and invite you to be my guest at Think Unbroken Conference this November. That's right. Think Unbroken is hosting our Unbroken Con for free. It's five days of trauma transformation information with myself, special guests, and even some of the leading experts in trauma education from around the world. For five days, we're going to jump into what it means to actually take the steps to be unbroken. All you have to do is register for free at unbrokencon.com. That's U-N-B-R-O-K-E-N-C-O-N.com. That's right. Five days of trauma transformation information with me, special guests, and some of the world's leading trauma trained experts for free for five days this November. More details to come, but in the meantime, go to unbrokencon.com to register and I'll see you there. One of the things, and and thank you for going in and, and sharing your story of that capacity. You know, one of the things after having done this show for so long is sometimes I just I get to sit here and bear witness to people's journey, and and a part of that is really really fascinating um, because I feel this immense sense of connection with with people in general with people, but at depths with people when I sit across and have a conversation like this. And, and as I was sitting here at parts getting emotional, thinking to myself, yeah, I resonate personally with so much of this. You know, I, 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 you, you said something that is still sticking with me in that, um, you know, your stepfather was the closest thing to the devil. And that's how I felt about mine. I mean, the, the most dangerous place on planet earth for me was in my house when he was home. Right. Yeah going through and dealing with my, my mother being a drug addict and alcoholic who eventually overdosed, you know, in some city in the middle of nowhere, Indiana, legless mm -hmm. after battling this thing and 
watching these events unfold in front of me time and time again, falling into this this false sensitivity of uh, of perfectionism and stepping into a healing journey, eventually becoming you know a certified nutritionist and and um and and coach and just going through this whole thing. I'm like, we're we're literally like cut through the same cloth. And I think <laughs> to myself, you know, that fucking sucks. But I'm also yeah. really I'm also really glad that we're here to have this kind of conversation and you know to, to sit in here and to have that space is it's a reminder for me of a couple of things. One, why I created this show. And and the baseline for it was really giving people a space to understand that they're not alone. Because mm-hmm. for the vast majority of my childhood, my teens, my 20s, I felt incredibly alone. And yeah. it wasn't until I got deeper and deeper and deeper into the work that I started to have a semblance of, of community and connection. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wrote about this in the book, in my first book, but I, I have not shared it quite often on this show. But when I was 14, I downed a whole bottle of Advil being like, I'm done. I want to escape this and, and come to find out really the only thing that happens if you do that, you're going to throw up all of yourself and wake up feeling like fucking half dead. Yeah. And, and thinking about how desperately children in those scenarios want to escape. And, and one yeah. of the things that I've always felt held very true was not passing judgment when people take their lives because it to me it makes sense it's unfortunate and it's fucking heartbreaking yes but i get it and and i think holding space for people to share their truth without judging them or throwing them under the bus or you know even going through your story interrupting them when they're having this experience is incredibly important there's a lot of parallels in our journey both being speakers both helping people transform and hear their life after trauma. Yeah. Obviously it being us doing that for ourselves first, which I think is should be the predicating factor in anything that comes yes. along in this kind of space. Agreed. Uh, that's a conversation for another day. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? One of the things that became most profound for me, and I'm, I'm not sure if, if I, well, I would imagine you are. And so I'll just say, it. you know, I, I was on YouTube about, I want to say seven years ago. And so I'd been doing some work. I'd I'd been in some therapy. I was stepping into some other avenues of healing, including yoga and meditation, all all that traditional stuff. And I came across this guy called Dr. Folletti and the ACE survey and the Adverse Childhood Experiences survey. And for the first time in my life, I was like, oh, this makes sense now. Yeah, because I had correlation, I had causation, I had rhyme and reason, I was able to look at it and go, well, this is why I smoke two packs a day and drink myself to sleep. And I'm 350 pounds and I'm stoned from the moment I wake up to while I go to bed. And and so from that, that led into Bessel van der Kolk's work and Pete Walker's work and Gabor Mate's work and Dr. Caroline Leaf's work and Anna Lamke's work and Huberman's work. And the list goes on and on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I think that the place where I would like to go next into the depth of this conversation, because obviously you've done a tremendous amount of healing. People cannot sit and have a conversation like this had they not, period. Yeah. I know that from working for thousands of people, right? Having these conversations with hundreds and hundreds of people, right? And so what was one of the catalysts in this? Was, was it finding the research? Was it like the body keeps the score? Like, where did the practicality of the journey start to come into play? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was, <clears throat> yeah, I think first and foremost for me, it was starting that 21-day health journey when I started to have really lots of challenges managing my diabetes. And um, that led me to the work of a functional nutritionist in the UK uh, Nikki Graddix is her name, um, and she runs a facility out there that does a lot of this similar work, working with people who've had childhood experiences and who also present with autoimmune conditions and whatnot. And I attended a free webinar of hers, and I can remember she also brought up this ACEs study and started to essentially like tell my life story. <laughs> Without even knowing me, you know, she's talking about how um, early childhood trauma can have an effect on your behavior, on your beliefs, on your biochemistry. And it was like, for me, I'm like, check, check, check. Oh my gosh, 
I have been living and operating through my trauma. And even though I've been in therapy and whatnot, it was this understanding of the connection between trauma and chronic health issues that really um, started me down the path of also going to some of those um, uh, influencers and those authors that you were just listing as well. Um, but I didn't read the book right away. Really, it was the research and the information from that webinar from Nikki Graddix, um in the UK who really started to open my eyes to the fact that my chronic health issues and my perfectionism and my workaholism and all of these things really were, um, you know, symptoms of an issue from the past that I was still not really addressing. Yeah. And, and that held true for me as well, because I sat and I, I looked at it and, and the research and, and same as you, actually, I didn't read the book for probably a couple of years after discovering it. Yeah. Um, I just wasn't ready. Right. Honestly, yeah. I, I remember right. I opened it. I read the first like three pages. I was like, Nope. <laughs> and that was exactly. just the response I had of wanting to to step into some deeper things. But, but it, yeah. you know, there's so much evidence now about how the body truly does keep the score, how we keep yeah. those, those things innately in us, how they lead to these long-term detrimental health ramifications, early onset, heart attacks, dementia, diabetes, yeah. asthma, lung disease, PTSD is a part of the things that push you kind of into that. Yeah. And, and so yeah. what I'm what one of the things I, I have discovered is that, you know, the body has this innate ability to course correct and to heal. And I think I won't I won't run with that, but I'll let you instead be the one to to step into that. How do we do that? How do we give our body what it needs to actually be able to heal? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it starts by understanding how this um how this unfolds to begin with, you know. When we experience a stressor like that in early childhood, that could be an emotional um, stressor, you know, emotional wound, it could be a physical wound. Um, if we experience any type of trauma or stressor that is intense like that during childhood, generally our body has an innate process that goes through activating our adrenals, that releases our stress hormones, and it's meant to get our body ready for that fight or flight response. Um, which is a natural response in our body. We need that. But what happens when we're a child and we've experienced that trauma in childhood and we don't have the opportunity to fight it, which helps us um, kind of work through and process that energy, or we don't have the ability to flee or run the, away from the situation, those impulses cannot just switch off. So what happens is that trauma gets frozen in our body and in our psyche. And then that stress changes our biology so that we essentially, it takes less for us to get stressed. And our threshold to stimulate a stress response changes. We just get stressed more easily now that this um, biology shift has occurred. So what happens is as we grow up, we're still operating in this kind of chronic low-grade stress response. And we might have things in our adult life or our teenage lives that kind of activate that even more. And all of a sudden that threshold gets um, higher and higher. Now we are just chronically stressed all the time. We might be, you know, um, trying to recover from that through um, workaholism or alcoholism or perfectionism. We might be trying to cope with that in unhealthy ways. And it might show up then over time as these chronic health issues. So I think understanding first and foremost that it's the underlying um, area there is that we've been operating in this stress state. Our body's kind of been pushed to a point where it's just chronically running in stress over here. So to overcome that, to start to heal from that, um, it starts as a multi-layer process, in my opinion. First and foremost, it starts with understanding kind of where you're operating in your nervous system. Um, we have the sympathetic nervous system, which is that fight or flight response. We have the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and our digest state. But from stress and from trauma, we can get stuck in either one of those. And we can either operate in a pattern of low um, energy, chronic fatigue, um, no 
no um, motivation to want to do anything. That might be where you're kind of stuck in that parasympathetic state. Or you could be stuck in the sympathetic where you're like, go, 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 go. I'm, you know, constantly doing this. I've got a gazillion things going on. I just can't stop. I'm drinking the energy drinks. I'm smoking. I'm doing all the things. I'm just like on hyperdrive. Neither of those is a good state to be in. We want some balance between the two. So one, first understanding where are you operating from? What state are you in can start to give you awareness around what does your healing path start to look like? <clears throat> Two, um, from a nutritional standpoint perspective, from a functional nutrition standpoint, when we operate in that chronic stress, oftentimes that starts to affect our digestive system in many different ways. One of those being in the stomach. So a lot of the people I work with experience low stomach acid. Um, because of the chronic stress state that they've been in. So we have a level of stomach acid that helps to digest our food. But when we are chronically stressed, it depletes that stomach acid. So when we eat, all of a sudden we start to have acid reflux or we start to get bloated and we um, start to feel discomfort um, because we are so stressed. So oftentimes I will recommend, especially someone who's have had severe chronic um, or severe childhood trauma is to incorporate some type of um, hydrochloric acid, which is a supplement you can get that has, can help to replace the stomach acid in your stomach and start to help you digest your food properly. When we are not digesting our food, we're not getting those nutrients that can help us create the trans neurotransmitters, things like serotonin that can help us pull out of some of the um, emotional states that we experience when we're healing from chronic childhood trauma. Um, other things I would add in there from a nutritional standpoint is slowing down. So I don't know how many of you or if you've ever experienced this. I know I used to do this all the time. But when we eat uh, stressed, when we are eating on the go, we are in a stressed state. And our when our system is stressed, our digestive system is turned off. And that's really a biology that has followed us from, you know, the beginning of time when we were hunting for food and we needed to run and chase that bear or we were being chased by a bear when we are when we are in a stressed state. Our energy resources all go away from our digestion because we wouldn't be eating. And it goes to places in our body that helps us run or fight our heart, our lungs, our limbs, our blood pressure, our, um, you know, blood flow changes. <clears throat> So when we're eating in a stressed state, we're actually eating at, in a place that's counterintuitive for our body to digest that food. So especially for people who've had childhood trauma, we might find ourselves eating really quickly or, you know, feeling anxious just automatically. So I, anytime you're eating, I always recommend slowing down taking a few deep breaths, getting into the present moment, kind of looking around at your plate of food, looking around at the perhaps the people that are with you or the room that you're in, and really slow down that process while you're eating. That starts to help your body get into a state of, oh, okay, it's time to digest food. We don't need to be stressed in this moment. Um, oftentimes, people who have experienced childhood trauma also experience chronic digestive issues, things like leaky gut or SIBO or um, bacterial infections, all of which I have had and experienced. And I would say Same. you would know this by if you are having uh, food allergies or sensitivities or you're noticing you just can't eat the same way anymore because you get a reaction to it or you're constantly bloated, nothing feels good, or you don't have an appetite in the morning or you don't have an appetite at certain uh, parts of the day, maybe your, your bowel movements are, um, you know, either really runny or hard to come. And so I would say if you're in a state like that, really seeking professional help to get you the right protocol that can balance your entire system. 
I could talk through it, but I think everybody's a little unique and different. And um, there isn't one protocol that fits everyone's needs. And so I would say seeking out support from a functional nutritionist or a health practitioner that can help give you some of the the complete um, support in that area will be really helpful for healing um, from your past. And that's because when we've got all that inflammation in our body, we don't have the energetic space or the physical space in our body to hold the energy of those emotions that we would experience as we heal. And so if we want to do that deeper healing, if we want to finally get to a place of um, peace and calm and um, joy, we have to also support the body. And sometimes that's done by just simple things like adding in that hydrochloric acid, slowing down, maybe even making sure you're eating the rainbow, a wide range of um, vegetables and fruits. But sometimes also it requires a deeper level of support that can help you heal some of those more chronic things. Hey, Unbroken Nation, we'll be right back to the show. But I wanted to let you know that you can grab a copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, for free. If you go to book.thinkunbroken.com, you can download the PDF ebook version of the book and get everything that I know about the baseline of healing trauma for free downloaded to your email right now. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to download your copy of Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma for a PDF for your phone. Again, that is book.thinkunbroken.com. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought meaning to that. And, you know, there is space. I mean, we, we were built with these, this nervous system to be able to effectively exist in both spectrums. Yeah. And I think if you get caught in one versus the other, that's a really important thing to just kind of make some meaning of it. Think about like, what is going yeah. on? Why am I operating like this? Because ultimately, I, I think you need massive levels of stress in your life, but you also need massive levels of calm in your life because that that helps you be resilient and it also yes. helps you kind of exist in the world. And that's just a part of the nature of being a human being. And, and to your point, especially around gut health, and in this country, particularly if you're in the United States, this is an international show. And I noticed that things are shifting and we're seeing this happening more and more, people consuming fast food, you're seeing obesity rates rise in places where they've never had obesity before, you know, the processing yeah. of food and the way that we eat, how we consume, consuming television while we're consuming food, the whole nine, like bringing a lot of meaning to that, I think is really, really important, um, especially because you, you want to be in that rest and digest space to yeah. be able to actually do that. And yeah. I think people like miss the boat on that so often. Yeah. And, and to your point about gut health issues, SIBO, things like that, I'm in the boat with you, had all those same things. I had to go the extreme route on it and do yeah. an elemental diet along with the FMT and some other things. But I'll, I'll tell you this, the you have got to be the arbiter of your own health and you've yeah. got to be willing to step in to taking care of yourself. But here's what's interesting. I, I I think we might go a little bit long here, so I, I want to because there's there's a couple questions I think are important to ask. One of the things that I experienced, and I'd be curious if this was for you as well, growing up in the amount of violence that I did made me not want to take care of my body. Mm. I'd be fearful of doctors, of dentists, of blood work, of all of the things. I mean, I have medical trauma that started when my mother cut my finger off. So from that, I, what I had to do was be able to get to this place where I recognized actually by not taking care of yourself, you're reinforcing the same yeah. behaviors that yeah. they forced upon you. Yeah. And I think people get, so, and this was me, I was so fucking stuck in that space that yeah. one day I was like, I was talking to my little brother and he said something. He was like, dude, if I'm sick, I take care of myself because why wouldn't I? And I was like, yeah. oh my God, that's so profound. But <laughs> yes. And, and, and so yeah. curious about not only in your yeah. personal journey, if that's something that you battled and struggled with, mm -hmm. but for those who probably battle and struggle with that as well, what kind of tools yeah. can you give them to be able to step into mm -hmm. taking care of their physical bodies? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I experienced that too. You know, for me, was um perfectionism was really the one driving the train meaning i wanted to i wanted to please outwardly so that i could get that love because i didn't get that love in my home 
unless I did the things I was I was supposed to do or I was asked to do. And so that just became the pattern that I operated in. So when it came to my health, for me, as I started to have more tension in my body and I started to have more outwardly stress, I tried to control my experience inwardly meaning I restricted my diet and I looked to the, I looked out culturally, like what does a a healthy woman, what is a healthy woman supposed to be like? She's thin, you know, she's got the long hair, she's, you know, got the gap between her legs or, you know, whatever culturally those messages were, I started to take those on and be like, okay, I'm going to restrict my diet. I, you know, I would only eat maybe 1200 calories a day that and 1500 if I worked out and I would, you know, be the one doing the aerobics all the time, you know, working myself out so that I could eat the food. And then at some point it got really unhealthy where I was like, I can't have this or I can't eat this. And all of a sudden my life revolved around what food I could eat and what food I couldn't eat. And it just, the control started getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And eventually I was getting sicker and sicker and sicker because my body had no nutrients. You know, I was eating like cottage cheese and, um, you know, like no vegetables. And it was a very restricted diet. And I look back now and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I was like literally starving myself, not giving myself the right things. And for me, it it was going through that paleo journey and, you know, changing my diet where I started to understand, like, actually I can eat food. I can eat a whole range of food and I can still be healthy and I can still have, you know, muscles and I can be stronger than I ever was. You know, I can have, you know, this beautiful, healthy body and it doesn't have to look like what's out in the magazines or what, you know, Cosmo is telling you as a healthy woman. And that for me started to become the shift because I had to shift this mentality of like, I don't need to please anyone else. Like I can be me and me looks like this and me is healthy when I eat these things. And so the, the people that I've worked with when it has come to shifting those patterns has really come down to one understanding their past and how did, how did their experience in their past shift how they nourished themselves? Meaning how did they nourish themselves through relation, through, you know, relationships? How do they nourish themselves through food? What, what role does food play in their life today? So when they're happy and, and healthy, great, they're eating, they're enjoying the food or whatever. But what happens when you're angry or you're sad or you're depressed, how does food play into that? Um, And oftentimes I see people who have emotional eating patterns or they're, you know, binging and purging patterns and they're using food as a way of comfort. And so we work in understanding one, how does food play in your life? What role does it have? How are in no judgment because we all, food is a part of everyone's life and it shows up, you know, we use it differently in different times in our lives. So no judgment, but it's like, how can we shift this relationship to food? And so uh, when I work with people, we look at that relationship and we start to uh, implement healthier ways to handle. So if I'm using food as a coping mechanism for my emotions, I'm going to walk them through my love methodology to help them understand how to process those emotions without needing the food as a part of that experience. Um, That might also be looking at, um, you know, anytime you're sitting down to eat food, you know, you're thinking it, you're having a different relationship with it rather than, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. It's, wow, this food is starting to nourish me and I can take control of my health. And by eating this food, I'm going to have energy to do the things that I really want to do. So for me, it's tying in those, what is it that I really want to do with my life? And what is the role food has today in my life? And starting to slowly shift those patterns with one, starting to connect with your emotion and learning how to process that emotion without the use of the food. And two, um, really getting into the state of visualizing what you want to, how you want to operate in your life. What would ideally you be doing? 
and really using that vision, that experience um, every time you start to eat something healthy and shifting your your mindset around that. Yeah, and, and it's so true. And I can't I can't cite the paper, and so I won't give the exact stat. But um, I recently came across a research study that showed a correlation between childhood trauma and malnutrition, which is like to me like yeah, no shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. And then you think about that and how that plays a role in your life yeah. as a child, yeah. as a teen, as an adult. Yeah. And and I think especially around food, it's either, and, and I've experienced this in my own life, that the real deep end of the just the gorging yourself and going through the chaos of that. And yeah. then the other side of it of, of starvation. And then yes. what you come to realize is actually, you know, and I, I think this goes without saying like food is medicine like it yeah. really can heal you it can help you yes. but you have to fix the emotional relationship yes. with it and it's not even that and, and this was one of the things that i i really understood after i became a certified nutritionist and personal trainer i was like oh wait so i can actually have the foods that i really like when i want to have them as long as i'm doing it from the right emotional yes. state yes and totally and I think it was a parlay of like, A, learning the nutrition and then B, like getting a lot deeper into a lot of the the research and psychology of all of this. And yeah. I realized like one of my favorite foods ever is gummy bears, like no questions asked. But <laughs> when, when I was a kid, gummy bears were actually a survival food for me because I would yeah. go to the store. I would mm -hmm. steal them because I was fucking 10 years old and didn't have money. I would yeah. eat a whole package, like the whole box. Yes. And yeah lay on the ground in tremendous pain. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, th and then as an adult, what it was, was like every time I was emotionally triggered, every yes. time that I felt bad about myself, every time I didn't follow through, every time somebody pissed me off, every time yes. I was angry, it was like, go to the gummy bears, go to the gummy yeah. bears, go to the gummy bears. Yeah. And then now, like I can literally count on, eh, it might be two hands now, the number of times that I've eaten gummy bears in total in the course of probably the last six years. And, yeah. And so much of it was just realizing like, why do I actually want them? Yeah. Yeah. Is it pain or is it pleasure? Yes. Yes. And my hope is that people will start to understand the truth that they can enjoy the pleasure and not yeah. have to torture themselves with something, especially like food. Cause it's, guess what? It's everywhere all the time. You can't escape it. It's the one thing like for sure, like water and oxygen <laughs> you're going to have in your life, whether you yeah. like it or not. So yes. spending some time and, and stepping into the vulnerability of the conversation with yourself and yeah. with a professional, especially yes. um, about that relationship is, is profound. Yes. Yeah. And I'm bringing attention to this. And I, I love that we're in this arena around trauma, because especially and I know that there are a lot of men listening to the show, half the audience, you know, that's one of the things men do not talk about. Like there is a, no questions asked that I had an eating disorder in my 20s, because guess what? You don't fucking get to 350 pounds by accident. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and by acknowledging that, making meaning of it, not judging it, learning about it, understanding it, healing it. Now it's like, okay, wait, I can have that healthy relationship with food. I can talk yeah. about it. I can share the experience and I can understand, well, of course I had a bad relationship with food. It started with trauma. Yes. Causation yeah. and correlation is everything here. And I, yeah. I think that's one of the things that, you know, through our, our mutual journeys, both having stepped through some devastating territory, I, I don't, I won't put words in your mouth, but I'll say this about myself. I'm not particularly special. I'm not particularly a guy who is a genius. I'm not particularly anything other than a human being that just became very, very clear about the want to heal this. Yes, and, absolutely. And that that created massive change for me. And so I'm mm -hmm. curious before we start to trail off here, for folks listening, where where's the starting point? Where's the jump off? Because I know there are people listening, they're suffering, they're hurting. Maybe they're where you or I have been, and they hear us and they go, Well, those guys are special. They figured it out. I'm not, I promise you. I'm just <laughs> a guy who was really fucking determined. And so I'm curious yeah. from your perspective, like what's the jump off point here? Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not special either. <laughs> you know, I grew up, I can remember being a child thinking there has to be more to life than the suffering. Like, you know, it, it started when I was very young. Just this, this knowing and this curiosity of like, 
what is beyond suffering? Like life, life just can't be suffering all the time. There has to be more to this. And that really became the determination for me to seek out and to keep pushing even when things were hard and horrible and devastating and in the depths of the grief or the anger or the pain. Um, that really was always that shining light for me of like, there has to be more to this. I'm going to keep going um, so that I can figure out what's on the other side of this. And so I would say healing is an opportunity and is possible and available for everyone. I think it starts with taking an assessment and looking at where in your life, you know, like just like we were talking about with food, how do you use food um, for processing or managing emotions? Like what, how are you operating in your life today? What does that look like? What are the emotions you're constantly feeling? What are the physical manifestations of those emotions that you are feeling? Get, take stock, you know, without judgment, without um, comparison, you know, everyone's help, healing journey is different. And so I wouldn't want you to compare your healing journey with mine or with anyone else's. Uh, but it, I think it always starts with just this awareness of like, oh my gosh, like I'm operating in this way. And, you know, for me, when I was yelling at my kids all the time, it became uh, an aha moment of like, oh my gosh, that's not how I want to operate in my life. That's not the kind of mother I want to be. That's not what I want to teach my children is an okay response. So for me, that, that awareness started to unlock this determination and this deep, uh, um, this deep kind of motivation for me, which was, I want to be a better person for myself, for my kids, for my grandkids, you know, as the generations go on. And so I think awareness really is that first step to unlocking what is it you really want? Who, what are your values and, and where are they aligned and perhaps where they're not? And that can start you on the path of seeking the right type of support um, or reaching out for those right types of resources to guide you on that healing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's possible. And I hope if anything, I, I want people to just realize like, we are living testaments of that. And so are hundreds yeah. of thousands of millions of people. And because yeah. you're in a dark place and because today fucking sucks and because bad shit happened to you does not mean you cannot have the life that you want to have. But, but the hard truth about it, and this is the probably most devastating reality, like a fucking baseball bat to my face, was there ain't no Disney moments. Nobody coming to save you. Yeah. You gotta take, you gotta pick up your sword and go to war at this because if you don't, tomorrow will be the same as today. And, and ultimately that's going to lead, lead to a life unlived. Mandy, my friend, this conversation has been incredible. Before I ask you my last question, please tell everyone where they can find you. Thank you. Yes, I've enjoyed it so much. Um, you can find me on uh, Instagram. I'm Mandy L. Harvey. On Facebook, I'm Mandy Harvey, and you can also find me on my website, which is MandyLHarvey.com. Brilliant. And of course, we'll put the links in the show notes for the Unbroken Nation. My last question for you, my friend, what does it mean to you to be unbroken? Yeah. So I think we are all born as these beautiful lights of the universe, so that we have these beautiful souls, and we are all unique and have very special gifts. And we, for me to be unbroken is to align to that knowing, to align to that knowing that we are all unique, that we all have um, the ability to show up and use our past experiences to not only heal ourselves, but heal others in whatever ways and gifts we have to do that. And so for me to be unbroken is to align to that knowing and to align to that truth and to keep following that. Beautifully said, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken thank Nation, you. thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya.
We'll be right back to the show, my friend, but I wanted to let you know about our brand new podcast community for Think Unbroken Podcast. I know that for so many trauma survivors like myself, for the longest time, I felt alone, like nobody got it, nobody understood, and that I was just going to have to figure this out on my own. But that's not true. And the reason why we created our brand new Think Unbroken Academy podcast community is so that we can bring all the members of the Unbroken Nation together in a place where we can learn, grow, heal, change, and transform our trauma into triumph. I would love to have you come and be a part of the brand new community. Just check out thinkunbrokenacademy.com or click the link in the podcast description. And I cannot wait to see you there, my friend. Again, just head over to thinkunbrokenacademy.com. And until then, be unbroken. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review. And you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.